Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself, Pete, here. And, of course, we have with us Moan Senior Dixon. And we actually have a, a special personality, somebody actually who I probably wished we had on a lot when we did our field ball content. We have Rich from Land Down Under, Australia. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, handy listeners such as you are. Of course, you don't have a... Oh, I love that intro. You always, <laughs> always used to do that on his podcast. Lovely listeners as such as... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I know. I live down here in. That's it. I live down here in Holdfast Bay, which sounds like a ridiculous thing from a pirate novel, but is genuinely the name of the place where I am. But no, I'm not. I'm not from here, as you can probably tell by the British accent. Yeah. We're, so, where do you move from? England? Like, which part of England were you from? Um, I mean, I was in North London. I'm originally okay. sort of grew up in Wales, um, which is the small country just to the side of England, which is why I was calling myself British and not English. Um, but yeah, when <laughs> COVID hit, um, we fled Plague Island, <laughs> like <laughs> literally, which I oh, yeah. wouldn't recommend fleeing a country, but there you go. Dude, it was like uh, freaking, if I remember correctly, it was like four countries were like that. It was Italy, England, uh, yeah. freaking... Uh, the United States and there was one more that was like everybody and their mothers was just like run away <laughs> <laughs> flee fat ass flee uh, yeah and I, I recently fled to the inner part of the United States so now I'm in the middle of the country which I love because it's a lot more makes sense you know hearty people I love it consolidate no, makes sense there's there's less people in the center of the United oh, States I love than it. there are people on the edges I know and we're talking like like you could probably put everybody that's in the United States uh, for like the the whole set of states, and it would still not be more people than there is in New York. That's how ridiculous. Sure. The content, yeah, it's yep. stupid. Yeah, I, I saw something that. where it's like from pretty much the Mississippi over, it's like seventy five percent of the population of the United States lives on that side. So wow. I was just like, "Yep, I'm glad I'm on this side of the Mississippi." But we're not going to talk about geography and all this stuff. <laughs> we might we might throw some Guild Ball references in there because, yeah, definitely miss the Snowflake reports. Got to bring those oh, back. I wish someone else would do that. It was too much work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so those that don't know, uh, Rich used to do, I don't know, did you do it every week or just after every major tournament? I can't no, remember. I did it like every Monday morning. I would do the, the, the Snowflake report and the GDI index, which is, still exists on Longshanks. I think that's one of my favorite yeah, things. Yeah, the, G- uh, the Snowflake report was literally looking at win rates and play rates of, uh, of different uh, captains for Guild Ball. And yep. that way, if you wanted to be a snowflake, you could pick one of the you know least brought captains, so you could feel like a you know a special snowflake playing your not played master. That's which it. I, the, I definitely did a few times. <laughs> the GDI uh, index never... was was named after a guy called Ghostier on the Discord, I um, which was he would work out the ratio of least played to most winning, 
So. <laughs> oh wow, that's insane. The the thing that I was gonna say is like Mercy could have used some snowball report from Pete, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that my, my, the captain, but she was like horrendously bad. Ah, Harley is also appreciative of the rage. Oh, of course. Rage, rage and Ox always had a special spot on the Rage Quit Wire, you know, in our hearts because they're just so on brand. Just main, men of, men a, of violence. Weren't you a Brewers player, sir? Sir? The what? Weren't you a Brewers player? Oh, I love Brewers, yeah. I'm talking about Chris yeah. was. No. I did play, so I actually played a lot of Rage and Blackheart, so I did play those two as well. I love Blackheart. He's my man. But once I'll, again, I'll we're be... not talking about Guild Ball and Snowflake <laughs> Report here on the Rage Quit Wire. We're actually talking about... I guess I'm delaying because I don't want to talk about Pandora. It's just yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm letting you. I'm letting you like become happy so I can crush your dreams. There I mean, you what? Who said that? So actually, so we are going to talk about whoa. It is. It's a keyword. You got to. It's kind of like I was talking to actually Trevor from the last episode we did. Uh, I guess it would be two episodes from this, but he, I was talking to him about because he played Terra the other day and he had a miserable time Ooh. of it, um, just because. Terra just presents some very difficult problems. And I told him, it's like, those keywords suck, but you got to learn how to play against them so you have a plan because you can't just go into them normally. And that's exactly what Woe is. You got to play against it. You got to figure out, okay, what's it trying to do? How can I counter that? Or how can I avoid it? And that's kind of how you get into it. Um, So we're going to talk about what the keyword does today and how it gets its painful victories and, you know, sucks the Woe and despair from Cruz. And I'm actually curious, Rich. I mean, I see you bouncing around a lot of different keywords. So why are you so interested in Woe? Well, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's fair to say right up front of these episodes. Like normally, I've been invited to a few podcasts a few times, and that's always lovely to do because you know you can sort of share your knowledge and stuff like that. I think it's really important to state I have never played Pandora once. Like, <laughs> like I was very, very surprised when you know Pete and, and Dixon reached out and said, "Hey, you should come on and do this," which I'm very happy to do and you know, uh, looking forward to the conversation. But I am starting to play Woe. Um, I will be quick plug playing Woe on my stream, which I do every week, the Friday night flip flop info um, against my good friend Mr. Tarquin Sweet Biscuits. No, that is not his real name. Um, <laughs> and I, I am here to sit under the learning tree of Dixon. Like I have played against Pandora a bunch. In fact, my first forty games of Malifaux were against um, Pandora back in M2E when I was playing against a buddy of mine who had just broken his leg and I'd just been laid off work and we just sat and played Malifaux on Vassal for like a nice. month and a half straight because we had nothing else to do um, while well, I looked for work and he tried to fix his knee. Um, and I absolutely hate playing against it and I have a reputation as being a horrific NPE control player. So, and But yeah, I've never played WoW. So Dixon, I am here to like eat Pick your brains brain. and, and gain your knowledge. So uh, the main reason, because I, I know that I that this seems weird, but honestly, I wanted uh, a, a new player perspective. Mm. Not that you are a new player, but you know what I mean. Somebody that's never seen the been on the driver's uh, seat to ask me questions because I have talked about whoa a lot in the podcast. I and, have, and I a think lot. that would actually explain, Rich, why you have so many memes bashing Pandora. You, in the Rage Quit Wire Discord, you have memes of like, well, at least you don't play Pandora, or That's you it. know, yes, things like yes. that. I'm entering my yeah. villain phase. Yeah, <laughs> and she's she's solidly mid tier. Like it's not even like she's yeah. she's going anywhere in the tier list. It's just 
she is miserable to play against. Ha ha. You know, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah, you can't so, just, yeah. you know, some keywords you can kind of just roll into and just kind of figure your way out, you know, as you play the game. But, you know, if you do that against Pandora, you're just you're probably going to lose that game just because yep. of all the you're, there's going to be times as we get into this podcast where we're just going to be like, and that's when you just can't do anything. That's when you yes. just don't play the game because you're just like, well, I activate this model and walk. Done. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do have a funny story that I want to say in a second. Uh, sorry, continue. No, it's all right. Like, particularly when we come to Candy, there is one word on her card that the first time I saw it, I nearly just walked away. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was like, no, done. <laughs> so, uh, the story that is real fast before we get into her, just to kind of say why I love Pandora, uh, it puts she puts you in, in like tough situations. I had a game against one of the guys from Schemes and Stones, uh, where he, if I remember correctly, his rider was slow already. Okay. And he was going to charge Pandora. And I was like waiting for it. Like I had, I had set it up already that if he did that, his activation was gonna end. And my opponent was like, "Wait, <laughs> if I go in there, I just lose." So he literally, it, it, he just like it clicked in his head because I at this point in the game I had like done it like four times. Where like if you attack Pandora, you get stunned. So if he had charged his uh, his uh, rider. He would have gotten stunned, and because of that, he would have ended his activation because he's already slow. And that's the type of stuff that she does. Yeah, and getting into it, the the thing that kind of the keyword is known for are a few different things. One, there's a decent amount of terrifying, so you have to deal with that. The second thing is that there's stun everywhere in this crew. Mm. So if your that, master yes. hates stun, you're definitely sad when Pandora gets declared. And then not yep. only that when these conditions happen, so when you gain stun, or there's uh, an ability called opportunist, which some models also have other conditions like focus or fire or something else. But when you gain that condition, you basically have two options as a Pandora player. When somebody is stunned or gains that condition within six inches of a model, they can either move it two inches, which is very frustrating, especially if you charge or something else like that, or they can just ping you for damage. So just ping you one damage. Or uh, if you play Pandora 2, <laughs> both. Pandora 2, literally, that, that's what the title does. It's like, oh, if you get Misery, you also get moved. Yeah. And then Opportunist is another ability you see on most of the models. That's basically where they can end a condition that is in that ability. So a lot of it is Opportunist Focus or Opportunist Stun. And then you can remove that condition to get a positive to the duel. And you're like, oh, yay, you're removing the condition from me. But then usually they just add it back on, so it just sucks Mm. again. So (laughs) that's generally what this crew is doing as far as just, you know, with misery and opportunity is just using conditions to cause you pain, move you places you don't want to be, and just it's it's just a miserable experience like the ability says. (laughs) People, I just want to point out, I haven't said that much about Pandora. (laughs) And Pete just like... We need to get through this right this now because like, I'm miserable. Dude, this is like Vietnam. I'm like, Charlie, Charlie's coming over the wire. <laughs> this is how much I've had to like. I already had about like, 10 games flash in my head of Pandora. Yeah, because like we, we played more than that. And that's the, the issue because when we were doing new keywords, I could I was actually banned from playing Pandora. I think it was. Yeah, like, you were. Games. 
I was like, Dixon, Why was that I'm tr- well, so because I was when you try to learn a keyword, you try to learn how to play unpack and all this stuff. And Pandora doesn't let you do that. She's like, yeah. you don't get your triggers. You I'm going to put you where you don't want to. You can't move. You can't do this. And it's like, yep. Dixon, I can't learn this keyword if you keep playing Pandora. <laughs> right. So I and that's what I wanted to start with. Uh, she she plays different and she forces people to play differently. Yeah. So if you're planning on playing WoW, the first thing you have to accept is, depending on which version of her you want to play, you're going to have to change some habits. Yeah. So how many games have you had so far at all with Pandora? Me? Absolutely yeah. none. Absolutely none. My Zero. first game will be tomorrow live on stream. Well, one of the things that I'm very famous for is chucking my master at you. And Pete can actually attest to this. It's the actually worst. a tried and yeah, it's like it's a tried and true thing that I do. <laughs> I I literally just like catapult my master across the table to be within six inches of your entire crew. Yeah, so let's kind of get into the the first version, then we'll talk about the title. So and you know, usually feeding your master into your opponent's crew is usually a terrible idea because Not it's great. like yeah, it's like, oh, you know, your entire crew can now just pound on this master. But there's a few things that makes it bad for Pandora being in the middle of your crew. So, one, she's terrifying 13. That's a pretty high, you know, TN. So It's the highest in the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like if if you don't have Ruthless or a high willpower, even if you have a high willpower, I mean, even willpower is seven, you still need a six. So that's not mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, also, she has a defensive and willpower resist trigger that gives you stunned if you attack her. So... Congrats, you get stunned, and then she can push you or ping you. So that's great. Yep. And then the biggest thing that is the problem, actually, it's not even the biggest thing. There's one other thing that I'm going to mention, and you can then tell me, Dixon, whatever nonsense you're going to add to it, but she has mood swings. So models within six, if they activate within six of Pandora, she can then discard a card and say, you want to know what? I want that model all the way across the board to go instead. So as you have to see him. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like okay, you can go with your totem, have fun with that. So she controls the activation there, and then finally, if Pandora activated, she's probably going to have grasping tentacles up. So what that does is that basically reduces any movement, not just walks and charges, any movement by two. So that could be pushes, that could be you know yeah. whatever, and. It's just misery. It's once she's in your crew with that up, with grasping tentacles up, with the built-in masks, so she has built-in stuns now for resist triggers and mood swings to make it where she can make whatever activate. Like you have to ask Pandora to activate. You'd be like, Pandora, can I please activate my henchman now? And she's like, No, go with your totem. And I think <laughs> I think that's had like a little like low key buff um, in this GG with things like ensnare in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> where rather than scoring, you know, at the end of the turn, you're scoring midterm when certain things happen. So you'd be able to be the ability to dictate, no, you can't activate that model. You have to activate that one. Oh, I've scored yes. one point for ensnare. I, yeah, it like, seems good. I, this seems real good. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's 100%. Also, one of the things that this GG has forced me to do is I am playing now with a mature Nephilim in my list more often Ooh. than not. Yeah, because she doesn't really have a fast schemer beater. So you have to like go outside of keyword for it, and unfortunately, it kind of feels like an eleven point tax. You, uh, what do you call it when you say uh, summary? Yeah, so that was a really nice summary. Thank I you. Get it. Thank you. She's Lots very, of experience there. Yeah, it's very annoying and yada yada. In, in, in general, in general, 
uh, how how do you want me to not Bert Beard? I guess uh, how what's the name again? Rich, Rich Beard, all good. Mm. Yep. So Rich, um, so the first thing you have to understand is like she's gonna be a little bit weird because you are expecting that she's gonna die by turn three. Interesting. If she dies any, yeah, if she dies any earlier than that, she hasn't actually done her job, but she basically has to die by turn three at the at the uh, earliest. Uh, if she dies, you might as well have won the game, though, at that point. Like, it's very rare that you that she she survived to turn three, did an activation, died, and then not win. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The main reason is because of this. Pete actually said the two reasons, and there's another one. So, because of Grasping Tentacles and because of Mood Swings, you dictate the battle. And you can just hinder, basically, anything that they want to do. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is the reason why you have to figure out a way to deliver Pandora to your enemy on turn one. All right. Yeah. So what's uh, your what's your goal with Pandora once once she's in there, Dixon? Because I think a lot of because pe- I think the thing about Pandora is that you look at her actions and there's nothing like there's nothing that really sticks out except for her bonus, which is the box opens to put out stunned. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. besides her bonus to try and get as many models stunned with a willpower 14 attack, by the way, um, or just simple duel, I should say, yeah. to get two damage and stunned, what else are you trying to do during her activation besides just get in your opponent's face? Honestly, between Grasping Tentacles, the Box Opens, and Despair's Influence, you only have one action left. Yeah. Because you're doing Despair's Influence every turn. Are you usually so, just doing that on Pandora to get the built-in mask? Uh, yeah, it's it's like, I want to say three out of five activations uh, that you do with Pandora is going to be give herself some mask. Okay. Yeah, the other one is uh, you, you want to do Grasping Tentacles. The trigger, not necessary because most of the time she's going to be by herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the box opens is pretty key. That's okay. like super necessary. Yeah, because I feel like you do that and then you just... You look at your opponent and you say, hey, that's a mighty fine attack you have there. Let me go ahead and do that with self-loathing. Yeah, no, rarely do I ever want to attack with her. Uh, only whenever I'm playing against a beater that doesn't have a, has a heart of wound, and that's rare. Yeah. Yeah, stones or heart of wound makes it so that uh, self-loathing is not great. Uh, the best self-loadings that I've ever seen are things like the attack on Loiza. Okay, so you pl- I, you play Pandora one just purely to muck up your opponent and just get them stuck in. Yes, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like for example, say you're playing against Outcast, right? You target even if you have to stone to get a straight. You target the Hodgepodge emissary, and you use the melee attack. The reason for that is because now she's placed in base to base contact with the Hodgepodge emissary. Regardless, like she can be ten inches away now, she's in base to base. That's pretty good. And then he's gonna get injured. And then he uh, he's going to take damage because of Pandora. But that's not even, like, the big thing. The big thing is now she's in the middle of the enemy crew, and now they have to deal with her. Yeah, so I've seen you do that like... by copying uh, attacks that have on your heels as well. Oh, oh Sun Wukong. Uh, yeah, Sun, Sun Wukong. That. that. Not, it's not on your heels because you can't do triggers. Mm. Uh, it's Well, I guess you can do triggers with yeah, your yeah. special trigger. Yeah. But that's, like, super rare. Because they have to have the same uh, suit as the trigger that they have, so it's you have to have a mask, and then they have to have the the, the suit of their own trigger. So it's really weird. Yeah, but on your heels is a mask trigger. So 
Yeah, exactly. So they have to have a mask as well in that case. Uh, but yeah, no, that means uh, that's the reason why it's much better to just like look for that one special, like Sung Wukong, especially. That's actually a perfect model because he's yeah. willpower four. He yeah. doesn't have stealth. He doesn't have anything else. He's just willpower four. <laughs> and then here's Pandora. And Whoa. then here's Pandora. Yeah, it's super great. I I love the the silliness that comes with like reading your opponent's attacks. Well, and I've also seen you not be scared to triple walk turn one with Pandora one. Uh, that was in the olden days before the Kurgan got printed. But you are absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. I wondered how long before the Kurgan got mentioned. Twenty one well, minutes. There we are. The, yep. the phrase that I love saying is when you absolutely positively have to deliver a beater into the enemy crew, accept no substitute. If you can ban Swamp Fiend, ban Swamp Fiend. I'm telling you, do it now. Yes, Kurgans are worth banning. Yeah, th it's another reason why I've been using Matures. Because they ban Swamp Fiend, then you have Matures. It's like, it's... It's one well, of those things. And you used to, you don't, I don't think you brought it as much, bring it as much anymore, but you used to bring the Hooded Rider as a taxi as well. For the same reason, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, why would I overpay when I can just pay nine points? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what Pandora 1 does, folks. We'll get into, I think she'll probably be the main focus as we get into the rest of the keyword. But I do yep. want to kind of just touch on the title real quick, just so Dixon, you can kind of explain when you, when and why you bring the title uh, when you need to. Yes. And I'm I'm just kind of curious because she does summon minions, which is pretty decent, and she can hold down an area pretty well. She can uh, change conditions on your opponent's models. So maybe I don't know if you feel like there's going to be a focus heavy crew. Maybe you try to bring her to get rid of that. So like, what when do you like to bring the tyrant torn? Uh, so the Tyrant Torn is basically all the time, except for when you're the the beater or the aggressor. Okay. Uh, Tyrant Torn is is better in general for like all the missions that are right now, uh, especially because of the summons. When you summon a model, they are now engaged with the model, so therefore they need to have either don't mind me or you know some figure out a way to move away from the model. Well, and also summon models are big because of cloak and dagger. They can actually take intel tokens from people. A hundred percent true. Yeah. Super annoying when you just got a sorrow sucker just pop out of nowhere and steal your intel tokens the next turn. Yeah. So, like, the better question then, in my opinion, is when do I use the first version of Pandora? Mm. Okay. So okay. In reality, yeah, because in reality, the first version of Pandora, you basically play it if you think you're going to get AOE damage or if you think that locking down the enemy in their deployment zone is more important. Uh, usually that's when I play uh, Explore Society. Yeah. So what on her card for Tyrant Torn do you like in this gaining grounds? It's just that. It's just uh, woe to me, the, the summoning. Okay. Yeah. Everything else is about her. Is, is, so there's a couple of strategies that she's better uh, for example, you just said Cloak and Dagger. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other one is Raid the Vaults. And depending on how you're, who and who you're going to play against and how the table is set up, you pick the title or the original and you make the crew. And unfortunately, because of Pandora, uh, the power level that she's in, you have to tailor the list to the opposing master. Okay, so maybe if I'm hearing you right, you're thinking Pandora 1, if let's say somebody brings maybe 
a crew that you kind of want to lock down. Like, let's say they're going to play Zip or something, and you're like, you know what? I just want to lock Zip down. I want to lock his crew down. I want to make it as painful as possible. Let's try to get him in the deployment zone. And you just go straight into the crew. Uh, so in Zip's case, uh, I like Pandora too. Okay. Time. Because she will stun at range, and that's mm. huge. Yeah, especially with Zip's crew being fast. Yeah. Now that being said, there so is so what do you see? A... So I'm I'm trying to figure out what do you see in a crew where you're like, this is where I like Pandora one to lock them down. So no, I was gonna say. So there is a a point where Zip one is actually a thing that you can actually do if your opponent is not ready and your guys are playing um, wedge, you can target Zip one mm-hmm. and place him into your crew. Yeah. And that that just GG. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna kill his. You're gonna kill him. You're gonna put stun on him. You're gonna kill him. He has to get out somehow. Uh, it's not easy because you you control when he activates now. So there is a place where doing this to Zip is actually good. Uh, that being said, it is not recommended because <laughs> Zip could get the upgrade, and because he attacks size, he can just get out. So yeah. you have to game. The reason, number one, by the way, that Zip, you don't want to play with Pandora 1 is because of that. Because he can get the upgrade, target uh, size, and then just kind of bamboozle you into losing the game that way. Yeah. So that's why you use the title. But if you if you believe in yourself that are, uh, to be a better player than your opponent, go do the Wombo Combo and put Zip in the middle of your <laughs> Or just like, not this guy. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> How much does deployment zone factor into that decision making? Because I can see the argument a lot. for like Wedge, um, like my opponent's yeah. going to be kind of bunched up and all this kind of stuff. But when you get into a standard deployment, particularly yeah, That's the reason why I said that example. The defender. I, mm. Yeah, I have done that. We're like, oh, it's Zip. Oh, okay, Pandora in Wedge. Yeah, I'll take one. Literally because of that reason. It's like I can my opponent is not ready for the type of shenanigans that I can play and his yeah. sub is gonna be in my crew. Yeah, I think if you if if your opponent picks Pandora into corner or even flank, I think most times you can probably expect Pandora too in those situations. Yes. One thunders yeah, yeah. It's it's so you do not want to play Pandora in corner. Basically, 99% of the time. Yeah, the only reason why I did it in Lone Star Foe Down is because it was double master allowed, and I played Titania. So I sent Titania first, and then I, I got there with Pandora in turn two. Okay. So yeah. Pandora 2 summons, I mean, you do that. Her bonus is pretty good for kind of switching up conditions. Uh, oh, and I, no, and- dude. Okay, so, so sorry to interrupt you, but... Not accepted. The- 99% of Pandora 2's game plan is her bonus action. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. Yes. It is. It is. Rich, I I cannot stress enough. Stun, set things on fire on your own team, two models, is probably the number one thing that you should be looking into. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, like, the bonus, basically, you just go, cool, now go ahead and switch out you know one condition for now focus or fast now I'm or fast whatever. or focused yeah. sure because the thing is candy activates makes somebody uh fast mm-hmm. burnout yep and usually i use it only with the the, the bonus action because it doesn't require at the end you just like throw any random crow they take two damage they're now fast and stuff, well right? the worst part is it's not resisted it's just pick two models after this mm. goes off 
So you go, yes. I'm going to pick my model to gain focus, and I'm going to pick your model to lose its focus and gain slow. Correct. It's just, Correct. it's so bad. Yeah, yeah, and like basically you can do that for like, let's see. So Candy activates, she does uh, a random crow or stun if necessary. Give somebody fastened and stun, take two damage. Then she heals him back up with Candy thingy. She can move into position. Then activate your poltergeist. Poltergeist gives stun to your second beater, moves into position. This is all bonus actions, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like literally how stupid it is. And of course, I'm playing Von Stuck soon, so I guess I shouldn't complain. <laughs> well, I mean, but Von Stuck still gets set on fire and poison. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about complaining about bonus actions stunning people, and I'm like, well, I am playing Von Stuck tomorrow, so I can't yeah, complain yeah. too much, I guess. The also original stuns crew, yeah. So, yeah, so once you do that to your, your two beaters, and you give uh, the one that doesn't have fast, you give it uh, fast, and then one that does have fast but has stun, you remove the stun and give it focus. So now you have two beaters that are fast and ready to go. Yeah, and I, I think the other attack I see you do the most with Pandora 2 is the Weight of Despair. Just, once again, you're giving out stunned, you're doing damage, and uh, you have to discard a random card, which you always pick my severes. <laughs> yes. Always. Oh, absolutely. And I'll even, I'm like, Dixon, whoa, let me shuffle it up. I shuffle it up in my hand, and then he still picks the severe. Still finds it. I don't know how. So the reason is, Clairvoyant. The reason is, no, I just, <laughs> like, when you're looking at people's hands, like the way that they look at their hands, you can pretty much try to guess. Uh, it's like a Magic the Gathering thing. Back in the day, I used to play a lot of card games, and you can look at the opponent, and based on, like, their facial expressions, you can kind of guess what certain cards I are. I don't know. I try to mess with you pretty hard. I'm like, wait, let me shuffle it, and I'll have, like... There was even yeah. one time where you picked, and I was like, no, no, no let me shuffle it first. And yeah. I moved my severe to the same side, the same card that you picked, and you just picked it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's because I looked at the cards as they were moving. So, obviously, I'm just going to follow it. <laughs> but, yeah, Monster. no, this, this is the type, yeah. So, technically, it's, it's completely random because I don't know. I'm just gambling here by doing this. So it's still random. But you can estimate, like, you know, what's the, the card that it's going to hurt the most. Well, this sure. is a good example of why, and it's not just her. There's other masters that do, and other models that make you discard random cards. And that's ex- and actually, I do it just for my opponent not knowing what cards I have. I actually don't keep my cards in from, like, low to high or high to low. I actually mm-hmm. have them mixed up randomly just because I don't want my opponent to be like, okay, he pulled one off the end, and that was, you know, only a 10. I know that's yeah. his highest card now. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, in this case, Pandora doesn't really do... Her variety of attacks is, is not as, as as crazy Yeah. Uh, in either version. But the attacks that she does have are really good. Yeah. I love doing Weight of Despair into Woe is Me and just move into position. <laughs> Every now and then when the fighter's already in the middle, you know, like, we're, we're already kicking each other's crap. Then No Shelter Here is amazing. I was going to say, I've seen No Shelter Here just... Bring my model into Teddy's just maw, just for Teddy to just destroy yes. stuff. And I know a lot of yep. people are kind of down on Teddy sometimes, but with Pandora 2 and obviously Baby Cade, Teddy really scoots around the board. It's pretty silly. Yeah, uh, I do miss playing Teddy every now and then, but like lately it's been harder and harder. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of tech pieces now that can mm. take care of the old Tedster. 
Well, it's not even Teddy itself. It's it's Kane. Well, yeah, it's like Kane. Everybody, everybody just loves smacking around that baby. I don't know why. That is the biggest issue. <laughs> I wish that they they say did a lot about fix us. him. I know because he's. Yeah, he's supposed to be this assassin model, but he's not. He's no. basically a taxi for Teddy. Yeah, and as soon as he gets near anything, people are like, that's going to die. Yeah. I think last Every time you brought Baby Kate, I think I ate it with the uh, Blessed of December. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. He had done his job and delivered a full, like, everything. He had fast. He had double focus. He was ready to go. That bear was about to rick somebody's face off. Yeah, so Rich, being the uh, the newly uh, mm. described Pandora player, is there anything of interest or any kind of thing you have a question about with either the title or the original? Yes, uh, I have. I have questions. Um, so I'll knit back to the original Pandora for a second, just to quickly talk about Despair's yeah. influence. One, I had not considered using that to just bake in Pandora's defensive triggers. So yeah. that's, oh, yeah. lo- <clears throat> that's a lovely idea. I'll be stealing that one. But I yes. want to know, how often are you using Despair's influence on the re- the rest of your crew? Um, obviously, like, Baby Cade will benefit massively from Rams, from both his lure and from his knifey, stabby start yep. attack. Um, so, yeah, like, how often are you using Despair's influence on the rest of your crew? So, if it's only if Pandora survives past turn three. Um, mm. Because before that, you're As the rest gone. of the crew catches up to her. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. Because like the thing is, like, I, it's happened before where like I late game is good. <laughs> I slingshot candy all the way into the middle of an enemy crew on turn two, mm-hmm. and then I give candy uh, hopelessness because at that point, or I can just give her burnout. It's really depending on on how I'm gonna use her. Um, but yeah, if you give her hopelessness, she gets plus one damage to whatever stat candy does, right? Mm. And by the end of the game, of the turn, I mean, she will have somebody where she can just, you're stunned, take damage. Now you're going to take plus one damage to whatever the, your highest attack is. So I've done that. It, it, it happens more often than you think. But like mm-hmm. 99% of the time, you're giving yourself a mask. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and like, I'm I'm a summoner stan at heart. I spent most of M2E playing Nicodem. Rest in peace. Um, so with the, the sort of compounding emotions on Pandy 2, the temptation to strip slow off whatever sorrow or aversion you're summoning in is 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 there. I, like I can feel that scratching at my brain. Is yep. that re- in reality a waste of compounding emotions because you're not nope. really summoning those models in for their AP, but just for their engaging models blocking charge lines stealing stuff kind of thing no 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 that okay that is a great thing to do uh mm. you do it all the, i mean i do it all the time because like you're giving them focus you're giving them fast depending on their mission it's super important um but yeah no like more often than not you're removing conditions from your models because mm-hmm. your opponent doesn't want to be anywhere near pandora sure now if, if you're lucky enough that your opponent doesn't know to move away from Pandora, you're right. Holy crap! <laughs> you just start like swapping things around because uh, you can. One of the things you can do is is take out their buffs, hmm. or or put a buff that's worse. Sometimes setting somebody on fire alone is just like I use. Like they're just gonna be like, "Are you serious?" It's like, yeah, I'm gonna set that model on fire, and that model is gonna have slow, because you can't pick the same one. So you just like remove your focus on these two beaters. Now one is on fire and the other one is slow. 
or mm. one is on fire and the other one is poison. You know, yeah. just oh, Pete knows this. Oh yeah, <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that, that, <laughs> the game plan that I was telling you about, where you like deliver Pandora into somebody's face, it also works with Pandora too. It's not as good, mm. but it, it it's yeah, it's one of those things you can do. What's the so if you if you if you've thrown Pandora two at someone, what's the what's her objective in their crew? Because it's quite clear on on one, but what what is yeah. it on two? So you summon somebody, mm. you give everybody that that's like like so basically, uh, she activates, she goes weight of despair on one enemy model, right? Uh, you want her to be in a place that has concealing, so either a forest or a cloud bank, you know, something like that. Sure. You just leave her there. I do it usually when I'm playing Raid the Vaults because you put her, like, say, on the opposing, uh, the opposing player's uh, uh, closest, quote-unquote, vault. You know, the ones that's, like, right next to their deployment zone. Mm-hmm. So you can leave her there, and now they have to, like, send something to her. But then she goes, I activate. Uh, stun on that model. No shelter, some random model that's going to be in the middle of, of your crew, so he does one damage. And summon a model off of the stun model, and compounding emotions set things on fire, slow models, remove the stun on your model. Like you know, it's, it's depending on what you do. Once you drop like a what's the name? Uh, uh, sorrow. I call them little shits, but like you drop a sorrow into the middle of the enemy crew. You don't call them that. You call them Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. So. <laughs> So the combo that I just explained to you, if if the positioning can be correct, mm-hmm. you do two damage every single time a model activates and does an action. Well, not every time, but like they activate, take a damage. They do an action, they take a damage. Sure. So Dixon's also kind of burying the lead here. The reason why you don't care too much about, you don't obviously put her in stupid situations, but the reason you don't right. really care that she's in the middle of things is because she's one of those models that has luck thieves. So you're not getting any positives. If you try, you're going to get negatives. And then on top of that, when you miss, you get to heal. So hooray. I specify you have to put her in a place that has concealing. Just mm. saying. Yeah, it's real good. It's fun. Yeah. You having fun yep. yet? <laughs> I'm not bearing any lead here. I, no, I, the I just... true bearing of the lead is the totem that we're going to talk about right now because when you play against Pandora, enemy number one that needs to die is the poltergeist. However, yes. however, if you yes. play Pandora 2, I think there's a trigger to summon it back even if you kill yeah. it. Yeah. He's yeah. the Palpatine of Malifaux. Somehow, poltergeist return. So you would need to kill this model, even though Pandora 2 can bring it back. You, because I can guarantee as soon as that gets, when you see the poltergeist get next to a model, you need to deal with that. Otherwise, that model is going to die <laughs> a very oh, painful yeah. death. Oh, yeah. So so to go back a little bit on Pandora 1, number one reason why being within six inches of your enemy crew is not as bad is because you can shove the poltergeist down their throat and then they have to kill the poltergeist first. And depending on who you force to activate, you're going to murder somebody like right off the bat because their negatives on their, their willpower attacks, uh, even with stones, they won't be able to like put you uh, on a one or two, you know, on a flip minus. So then you're just like, all right, your maximum damage. It's happened before that like I hit somebody like say uh, Fuhatsu, and Fuhatsu has to eat six damage to the chest 
like multiple times. It's really hilarious in my opinion. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the big reason is that the poltergeist is such a problem is because one, it's not insignificant, so it can actually count for schemes and stuff like sure. that. Distract it doesn't exist. It's not a real thing yeah, anymore. Yeah. Distraction is a problem. <laughs> so if you're within two of it, you get a negative to willpower duels. I mean which I, is the entire I, keyword. And like I say this as someone who plays a lot of, of Lucius too. Um, yeah. like Pand- I picked up Pandora specifically to complement Lucius too because he's nice. great around the edges, not so oh, yeah. not not so great in the middle. Any combination of distraction and boring conversation is going to make me very happy. Um, <laughs> yep. Like so, so, I've had it for a while with you know false witnesses and Alan Reed. Yep. The ability to then just entirely replicate that with Dorian Crow and and the Poltergeist appears mm-hmm. to be uh, very much. Yep, Dorian Crow is actually very, very good in the crew uh, for certain matchups. Now, I wouldn't say it's like a a must-have in every crew, but he's not sure. a bad model per se. And also, for some reason, Weeping Widow makes it where enemy models that are ruthless are considered to not have ruthless. So now you have to make all these terrifying tests. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that one doesn't come up all the time but when it does you get pretty like so especially some, if i'm a bayou player and i paid for the upgrade and now it doesn't even work oh that's right. to sum up yeah to sum up pete's like painful memories uh you basically force people to kill this model because you put it right next to the the thing that they love the most if you put the poltergeist right next to the thing that they love the most and they don't kill it after like an activation or two that's game because like the thing is that turn two Pandora is not the first activation. She's the last activation for turn one, and she's like either the second or third activation for turn two. The main reason for that, you want to put the poltergeist first somewhere where the enemy can't deal with it and to kill something that they love. Yeah. And yeah, so mood swings allows for that. Poltergeist then makes it to the target. The Kurgan will deliver the poltergeist. You know, little things like that. Also, if you are a crew that loves your markers, yes, the poltergeist says, too bad. No. Well, I mean, heck, it, it, at this point in the game where everything has to drop a scheme marker for no reason, tele- uh, telekinesis is going to come out big. Super if, if good. He survives. Sure. I think we're yeah, to like is... 10 out of 13 schemes now require a scheme marker, something like that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and anything that eats schemes is great. That's the reason why Iggy started making it into some of my lists. It's kind of sure, stupid that I have to awesome. think about it that way. Yeah. Because yeah. that model's bad, except for two jobs. And one of them is removing scheme markers. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm playing Rezzers now. So, removing all my corpses would make me sad. Uh, yep. You know, if you're playing like Mei Fang, scrap markers getting removed would make her sad, which I've played that game. It's not fun. <laughs> It's like, oh, uh, I got shielded on my models, and Pandora's like, hmm, I love that shielded condition you got there. Sure would be a sad thing if it went away. That's <laughs> only Pandora 1, and you're not seeing Pandora 1. I know that you get sad, but <laughs> she's not there well, all the time. Well, no, even with Pandora 2, you're like, oh, cool, that shielded you have there. I'm going to switch that out for slow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, if you're like, close to Pandora, you deserve it. Oh, okay, way, like rich, she's not going to be thrown not- in my face. Well, true, but like I, I cannot stress this enough. It's like literally six inches rich. Like literally, if you can if you can deliver her within six, you have sweet to learn spot. how to keep her alive. But that's the sweet spot. It's six sure. inches that's away what from. Stones are full. 
It's fine. Yeah. Well, more than that, like positioning is important, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've always said the the big lie and like apologies, Pete and Dixon, mm-hmm. if I'm about to peek behind the curtain. But the big lie of of, of <laughs> hobby of hobby podcasts, um, and I say this as someone who's done like podcasts for ten years now. The big lie is that the single most important thing in any game is where your models are on the table, and there's not one single podcast that can improve like that skill in your head. You have to yeah. put yeah. models on the table and do it oh, yourself. Yeah. Like we started mentioning it now, like this is like the fifth podcast I think in the line of us saying it's like positioning is key. You have to start learning how to do small decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because you and it, we always talk about it kind of as in like this idea of layers, right? Like you want layers of interlocking just abilities to help build your defenses, but also provide yep. opportunities to launch into an offensive. So like yep. that way, you know, like, OK, my threat's right there. As soon as something comes into that threat range, I can snap the trap and go into it. Yep. Um, so a, a, an example, excuse me, an example of a layer that we, we I think we kind of like brushed over too fast. So I just want to like say it one more time on Pandora 1. The reason why you want to deliver her right smacked up into the middle of the enemy crew is because most of the time people are not going to be that separate. Like if you hit three models with her, that's still fine. But between mood swings and her activating and doing grasping tentacles. Because again, she doesn't have to be the first one. So like if she is within three very important pieces, right? And she can see the totem and she can see a minion like that doesn't matter you can just go okay i'm gonna discard this card this one or two or whatever and i'm gonna have that totem activate i'm going to activate the kurgan me dixon after they activate that totem or whatever and i'm going to slingshot my poltergeist all the way across the table now to within two inches of one of your beaters then you as the opponent again you're trying to move the model that's within six inches of pandora but you can't, so you're forcing me to discard a card. Then you discard a card. Then I activate Pandora. And now, the first thing I do, box opens. Second thing I do, grasping tentacles. Mm-hmm. And then from that on, you have two actions left. More often than not, since you're playing against good players, you want to do the spares to influence now. If you think that you don't need the spares to influence because your opponent's not doing the correct, you know, like handling of the situation. Then you go self-loading, self-loading. And that, you know, will end the game pretty much on the spot, depending on who you're playing against. Yeah. <laughs> and they might just sell their Malifaux models and never come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because after that, they have to start rescuing it. And if, like, the Poltergeist activates, that's even worse, because then he gets to put stun out. He gets to eat something by doing three damage for some ungodly reason. So I think the next spot we're going to go to is the model that you're always going to see with the Pandora crew. I don't think she has a lot of auto includes. I think there's two, but one of them is definitely candy. You're always going to yeah. see candy in a, in a Pandora crew. Yeah, so. the two auto includes are the only two are Car- uh, blah, the Kurrigan and candy. I thought you were going to say Carver. Only- I was like, mm. oh, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm so, so Dixon, uh, talk talk to us about your uh, girl Candy here, your hey girl hey. Uh, I mean, Candy is like the second reason why if Pandora dies by turn three, you don't mind. Well, she provides the next layer of just disgusting pain that is going to make your opponent kind of rage. So, I, yes. I think that's where we kind of have to first 
start is with what what is it corrupted innocence is the uh, aura that she has yeah there's literally nothing else on this card that's more important than corrupted innocence it's yeah once uh, once that's in range you're in the danger zone <laughs> yeah i love that that the, why the fuck does it say and uh yep, that's oh, it man. that's Change it that's your name. That's like when I when I saw that ability for the first time because I, I played M2E for a long time, went away, played Guild Ball, came back to M3E, and it's like cool. Um, playing a game against Pandora, and it's like surely that says or. Yeah, surely. Discard a card or gain stunned, and it's like no, perfect, no, perfect, perfectly reasonable ability. Do both. Perfectly reasonable, yes. but no. Actually, it gets and. even worse. Like the more you, because the thing is that I played Candy even with um, uh, what's her face, uh, old lady, uh, Sorita. Zorida, Big Mama Z. And in, and in Sorida, you discard two cards and get stunned. So, Dixon, <laughs> just just for people that don't play Pandora a ton, just know that Candy is going to be either the second to last or last activation of every turn. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Absolutely. that ability is only there if she has it activated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Manipulative doesn't even, like, like manipulative doesn't even register on me yeah, unless it doesn't it's somebody matter. that decides to... Well, if you know... Like to attacker stuff, there's a different thing, because like you still are negatives only if she doesn't activate. Yada yada yada, right? Yeah. Uh, so against Sorida and models that can force an activation, she dies real fast. So be aware of that. Well, and here's the other thing, right? So, Dixon, what is the main condition that your crew is putting out as a Pandora player? Stun. So you have all this stunned models on your crew. Like everything's going to be stunned at some point in the game. It's just, it happens. And yep. she has a trigger that's built in on defense, by the way, where it's like, oh yeah, by the way, if you don't declare a trigger, I reduce the damage you do to candy by two. And yep. guess what? When you're stunned, you don't declare triggers. <laughs> oh, oh, it gets even better. She also has it for the willpower. She just doesn't have it suited. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. oh no, no. It, it, it's very important because it's damage reduction that is not armor. And because it's not armor, there's a bunch of effects that don't ignore this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so hilarious when somebody's like, all right, take four. And I go, well, you didn't pick a trigger, so I'm going to nope. reduce it by two. And then I'm going to stone for an additional, you know. It's like, why? <laughs> why is she so tanky when you don't know how to play against her? Yeah, this tiny, tiny model is tankier than, like, this hulking huge armored dude in, in other crews. It's pretty ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, I love it. Dixon, can you walk me through the, like, hey, you're basically taking three or four damage combo you do with Candy? Oh, Rich, I don't know. Have you ever been hit by the by the glimpse of insanity? Oh, for sure. The one that says, take two damage from burnout, now you're fast, and now you're stunned? Yeah, yeah. and of course she's the only one. I mean, whilst, yeah. whilst glimpse of insanity is pretty prevalent throughout the crew, hers is the only one oh, at yeah. stat six for some reason. No, no, no. There's multiple other stats. Oh, is She's it? not the only one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the important part about her is that she does three forms of damage, totaling up to four total damage. So yeah. she hits you with the stun. That's a damage. She hits you with the fast. That's a damage. And she hits you for two damage because that's what the trigger says. So you take four damage from a bonus action from her. Yeah, just for it going off. There's no... There's just a resist flip. And so if the poltergeist is there, you're at a negative. So presumably the the ping of misery for the stunned is coming from another source. Yeah, you have another. Yes. Yeah, you have another model there. Yep. So so remember that you are you are catapulting Pandora into the enemy crew, and Candy's going to join her soon. 
Oh, uh, depending on the English. setting. Yep. Yeah, like I want to say most of the time you send in the poltergeist because you want to get something out of the poltergeist mm. before you send candy. But it's happened multiple times where like my opponent's not ready for it, so I catapult candy instead of the poltergeist. It, it just it's a thing because like if you're prepared for it, people don't you know they they try to kill candy, they try to fight their way through. Uh, don't well, do that. Just well, get out of the area. The, the worst <laughs> part about and we'll talk about that towards the end, but. The worst part of that combo with Glimpse of Insanity and taking three forms of damage to take four is, you know, if you have, even if you have armor, it's like, okay, you're still taking three because it's yeah, yeah. it's two, then one, then one. And then even if you're a Soul Stone user, okay, what are you going to use? A Soul Stone for the two and then a Soul Stone for the one and then a Soul Stone for the other one? It's, it's, that's why it just puts your models in bad positions uh, that's why as I, far as reducing. Why I, why I love Sebastian Baker is yeah. you know like the amount of damage he put there's nothing he can't kill in my opinion hitting you um, with his flowers yeah he's just bapping you around the face with poses <laughs> um just because it's it's one 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 yeah. like all in yeah one yes. one is the most broken damage because it's practically irreducible yeah yeah no it, that's it's the reason why this crew can kill pretty much anything because the thing is i've had many many tournament this is our tournament games where like mm. everything is just taking one two three like that every turn right so one damage here one damage here like every other activation uh reason why i love sorrows Sorrows teleporting to the fight they have misery loves company mm. you know teleport for eight inches plus base yada yada and once they're in the middle of an enemy crew every activation that they don't kill them it's one more damage and one heal well and and lord help you if you're a condition crew playing against pandora because whatever conditions you put out, they're going to strip away to get positives. They're going to strip away to ping you for damage or move you. And it doesn't even matter if it's like poison because Pandora can do that with any condition. So it mm. doesn't yep. matter. Yeah, I remove your poison and put fire now. Yeah, so like Candy is just so flexible for the crew because she can do damage by stealing others' attacks. Uh, yes. she, she can, you know, obviously stun and do damage with her burnout trigger. Um, she has on your and, heels, so that's really good too. And she's the beater. She's the one that you want using that self-loading on people yeah. because of hopelessness. Hmm. See, now that they're stunned, then you can activate Candy. <laughs> so I, I will Candy tell you that mask, a funny story with Candy, uh, kind of working but kind of not working, is I was playing Hoffman 2, and I was playing against Cody, who was playing, I think, Zoraida 2. And he brought candy out a keyword for self-loathing because he knew I was probably going to play Hoffman 2. And Hoffman 2 had that ability where he would attack you and then place you within two inches of the model, him basically doing the attack. So Candy was like, I'm going to use Hoffman's attack to hit him, but then place him within two of Candy. So it was like yeah. a 10-inch kidnap he was trying to do because he was trying to kidnap Hoffman 10 inches away and place it next to Candy. But luckily, I had lead line coat, so I thwarted that attack. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> That's the only reason why that worked out, too. It's kind of funny. When he told me that story, I started laughing. It was like, yeah. And people were people Gil, were like, I, I don't know why you put lead line coat on Hoffman. And I was like, That's why you put it on Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, laugh off is like, I'm not joking. Like, this is not even a pun. It's 50% of the reason why people have lead line coat. Laugh off armor. is great against Pandora. Yeah, laugh off is great. You could literally just end that, that sentence right there. Yeah. Laugh off yeah. is great. I mean, just just go back ten minutes where we were talking about you know the single most important thing of a game of war dollies on a table is where they are on that table. So yep. being able to yes. dictate 
you know, you don't get to touch my stuff. Yeah, incredible. Don't touch my stuff. For that, yeah, for that yeah, reason, yeah. Dixon, do you find it tough to play into guild sometimes because of the laugh off and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it you you have to make concessions pretty much against every crew. The only yeah. one that's like really really bad is Ten Thunders because like whenever you play against Ten Thunders, they have really good roofless guns, so you have to yeah. go through mm. the field of fire. Close the gap quick. To get to them. <laughs> yeah, if you don't if you don't close the gap quick, you just lose. And they're not very yeah, fast. Yeah, your your crew is not very fast. Is what I mean. Woe is. That's the main reason why Kurgan exists. Like he's so. Let's talk about your other auto include the Kurgan. Yeah. Best model in Neverborn. I said it. I said it. <laughs> so why do you love the so, Kurgan uh, so much? I assume the Kurgan made the. T- I haven't finished the top ten list yet, but I assume yeah, the yeah. Kurgan made that list. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's up there. He didn't make the top three as much as I wanted to, but he was there. So, uh, so walk us through your boy, the Kurgan here. Uh, Kurgan, super simple activation. You activate, he does Shifting Earth, which is base plus three plus his base plus three more inches of, of displacing. So you can displace a model eight inches from where they were to another point of the table. That's stupid. Because then on top of that, you get to push that model five plus base plus the edge of his deck. It's it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah, so, I mean, you do that, and that's at least, I want to say it's probably at least about an 8-inch displace with Shifting Earth. Yep. And then after that, you use Avalanche to then push it another 5. Depending. Sometimes I do 3 to put it at the edge of my 6-inch range, and then 5 inches from that point. Yeah. The, 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 it, on the table, it might as well be 18 inches. Yeah, it's pretty good. And... Yeah. Avalanche isn't once per, you know, activation. So, I mean, you could do that to a couple different models. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it. I, I had a game actually recently against Harley where I was, like, trying to teach him because he wanted to see Pandora. He wanted to see other keywords. And I was like, all right, I'm going to rip this bandage off and I'm going to play Pandora and may God have mercy on your soul. And he's like, <laughs> it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. And then the yeah. Kurgan proceeded to, like, deliver candy right in front of Lucia's deliver pandora right in front of like three of his minions or something i forgot i forgot it. oh uh his lawyers like it was pretty dumb it was pretty dumb <laughs> yeah i mean it's great for unpacking and it's also just a solid model for mid to late game as well um because yeah. it's it's armor too so if you don't have the tech for it it can be pretty hard to take down and then tangled roots you know it's going to have a three inch range melee pretty much when he puts his uh mudslide up yep. so that yep. just allows you to just and you know engage models so they can't interact in this you know gaining grounds for i mean think about it any any model that can displace a friendly model 18 inches is absurd and the fact that the kurgan does it to any model that's that i mean come on like how can you not love it so yeah, it's, yeah. it's probably the best unpack model in neverborn it is sure. it's 100 percent. It's, it's not even it's not even close because like the thing is like if you can somehow get him into position you can deliver pretty much any beater into any part of the table no questions asked sorry rich uh no. do you have any questions rich no no you're good you're good like <clears throat> it's a great it's a great model i love the little voodoo doll on the top of his head that, <laughs> he's got that's, point, yeah. that's pointing that, that way. way like i in my head that is the kurgan the little voodoo doll and he's just that, animating like the the big mound yeah. of whatever like you no, you're actually right because like the kurgan what it is 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 a 
is basically an entire colony of spirits that animates like part of the the swamp so it's not one total it's like the voodoo doll is the leader of a collection of spirits nice it yeah, is nice. a difficult model to paint well, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did it okay, but I'm just like, this is a bunch of just not not it. I, I <laughs> How many different greens so do I have? Yeah, then you got mushrooms, so you can play a little bit with that. But it's like brown and green, and that's about it. Yeah, you can put a couple of death, death, uh, death caps in it and, like, myceliums, and, and it just pops. I think if you're good yeah. at, like, you know, object source lighting... You could do some cool things with like the eyes and mouth, but that's not me. No. Yeah. So, Rich, I've been talking for a little bit. I'm so sorry. Do no, you no. Any, what other questions do you have, like to try to learn, like the order, or do you have something, any models that you want to play with? Um, yeah, I want to touch on. I well, seeing as he was introduced in the title box, um, I've yeah. heard an awful lot about Dorian Crow in Performer. Yes. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on him in Woe. I mean, I to me, he looks great yeah. because he's, you know, he's got a boring he conversation is. on his card, which I love. Plus, I also really like that between don't mind me and lose <clears throat> excuse me don't mind me and losing interest well not so yep. much don't mind me he can effectively do ensnare in one activation which with pandora's mood swings seems yep. to combo real good oh um, yeah, yeah yeah like one 100 100 like the you have said three things already that it does exactly what you bring the model for hmm. you are absolutely right it's because of his the facility that he has to drop scheme markers i'm sorry not drop scheme markers to remove dropped scheme markers. Sorry, I apologize. I said that wrong. Okay. <laughs> he he removes dropped scheme markers just by doing disapproving glance, right? So that's that's huge. That's great. Yeah, anyone that's played against Gluttony knows yes. how good that is. Like Yes. And it's only stat five, which is like the, the big problematic thing that people think about. But in reality, you bring this model out in cruise. Uh, if you bring him against um, uh, Resurrectionist or Bayou, he, you, you're you going to get a whole bunch of work out of him because mm. there's a lot of beaters or a lot of good models that are willpower four and boring conversation just shuts down right quick, especially if you position the poltergeist just right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, poltergeist and this model are great friends together if you're not planning on, on dropping everything on top of your enemy. So since you're playing Pandora 2... You don't need to put everything in on top of people, right? That's the number one reason why I play Pandora 2 now is because you can have Dorian Gray and your totem go off on, on their own little adventure on one part of the, the map. And if your opponent sends out, say, Archie, Archie can't really kill Dorian Gray, uh, Dorian Crow if uh, Dorian Crow activates first. They mm -hmm. just can't. <clears throat> yeah, it's super dumb. <laughs> and what I've found, with, particularly with Alan Reed is that you can park him in the middle of the board and yes. people will just get an enormous hate boner um, for that for oh, that yeah. model and just be like, I have to commit a billion resources to getting rid of this thing. And you're like, cool, he's... Cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, that's why he's there. Is like, he's, like, to go back to old 40K, he's my distraction can't effects. Like, yep. he's in my list to annoy you to make you send your billion things across the board to a position where scoring's not going to happen and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, so. he was, Dorian Crow was annoying like last edition or last uh, gaining grounds, I should say, because Correct. 
losing interest, you know, would help move models around. And, you know, he, he would cause some problems with conditions and this and that. But I think this edition, he's even better because really the don't mind me, which is huge and, you know, three of the strategies. And then yes. on top of that, the boring conversation. So you have to test to just do what you want to do um, yeah. around these ballot boxes or around the cloak and dagger mm. markers and things like that. And this, again, I want to point out this proving glance is huge. Like it's so big because uh, yeah. the changes to towards in, in a way where you pick a point on your base and a point on the base of whatever marker or model you, you're pointing at, you say a model is on top of a marker, right? You do this proving glance, you can still shift the model completely to the opposite end of that marker. It's still touching the marker, but now they're on the completely opposite end. And if that gets them outside of uh, the, the the zone or the raid vaults or the ballot mm -hmm. or whatever it is you're trying to defend, that's huge. And again, boring conversation. Boring conversation plus the distraction aura makes it so that you can't even vote half the time. Yeah. Like mm. Stupid how efficient this model can be now. Do you find, like, in general, just because obviously you've played a lot more Neverborn than I have, there are certain factions have fantastic defensive upgrades, like, you know, whether that's whether that's Guild or Resurrectionists or Ten Thunders, and as a result, their enforcers have the benefit of existing within factions that can make them considerably more resilient. Neverborn, Explorer Society don't have that. So do you find, just in general, within Neverborn, that enforcers are penalized? Not penalized is not the right word. Not as they, you know, because they don't have access to those incredibly good defensive upgrades, that they're just not as strong as, you know, an enforcer in guild with Leadline Cone. So the answer, the quick answer is yes. Uh, the more complex answer is that there we do have some enforcers that i don't understand how they pass qa but i <laughs> i i i love that we have number one example Vasilisa. how does mm. that model how does that model because like the thing is we used to also have serena bowman and bowman i don't know if you know but she got nerfed yeah fairly hard i still use her every now because she's still really good yeah exactly Vasilisa, on the other hand never got a nerf she has an ability that is board like board wide. If you're neck, you're within two inches of a of a puppet, you're gonna get staggered. Mm. Now I cannot stress how amazing that is if you're playing Pandora one, because now you're staggered, and then I do grasping tentacles with Pandora, and now you're basically minus four to any movement that you do. Oof. Yeah, you're you're locked in place. And it's happened before that I played Hinamatsu and Vasilis on the same list while I'm playing Pandora. Mm. I I shoot, you know, uh, Hinamatsu at you, like second to last activation. Then I shoot, you know, Pandora across the table. And now one or two of your models are staggered. Those mm -hmm. models are not escaping anywhere. Yeah, it's just little things like that. So I think the next thing that I want to talk about with Pandora is probably her minions. Mm. So yep. I think she has. Well, uh, what? Since she's talking about what, enforcers. <laughs> since she's talking about enforcers. I just want to run through real quick that Cade and, and Iggy are not really good, but they still have a place. I did say the taxi with Teddy. If you're gonna do the Teddy taxi and deliver a you know double positive, I mean a double focus fast Teddy bear 
into the enemy crew i'm telling you right now that is sometimes like game winning just on itself when activation of that yeah if your opponent can't deal with teddy it'll it'll wreck the game yeah it will just end the game on like turn two like it's that like efficient right so if you lose uh baby k before you deliver teddy then it sucks uh, but that's it. That's literally the only reason why you will have Baby Kate and all this. So why why would you ever bring Iggy then? Iggy is unfortunately, and both fortunately, I guess, one of the best condition removals in the faction. So you get Iggy, you put Eldritch Magics on him, and now he can automatically remove fire and any other condition. That's it. Literally. That's the only okay. tech piece for Iggy. You give him Eldritch Magic, which gives him the spell magic. And because of Opportunist, he can automatically remove Stun and Fire. Yeah, it's super dumb. But it's literally the... And, and he's won me games because of that. To the point that people chase him in those games. They're like, okay, I need to chase that stupid guy before he removes it from Pandora or, or Candy. Yeah, and I, I feel like in a lot of situations, the three minions are better than those two models that you brought. A hundred percent. Which is why I wanted to just run real quick through yeah. those two models. Because they're enforcers and we were talking about enforcers. The one I hate With... the most is the aversion for sure. Very quickly on Iggy. Like, very quickly on Iggy, like... In this gaining ground, is there value in being able to arson three times? That 20-inch bubble of, here are three scheme removes, scheme yeah, markers I'm, that I'm, I'm going to Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to trying that out. I haven't played him uh, yet in this uh, gaining grounds until like I started uh, looking into my cards again, just like get a refresher sure. for this episode. And then I was like, oh yeah, I should be playing Nagy again, because I, I do see like hundreds of scheme markers now it's ridiculous i mean centrally the poltergeist is going to fill that role but if you just just need to like reach out and take away power ritual from one corner then being able to yeah you got a 20 inch range move 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 twice 10 inch arson bosh yes for for a six that's pretty decent oh yeah yeah no like he's he's always been a little fast bastard because like (laughs) he has reckless he speed five, so like it's not necessarily fifteen inches is not something to scoff at, but mm. he just dies when anybody looks at him funny. Yeah, if you sure. put him anywhere near anybody, he just you just see a puff of smoke just Yeah, he implodes. As long as you get a trigger, and guess how damage is done in this game, if not with triggers. Mm. True. Yeah. So can we talk about how I hate this aversion? Okay, sorry. All right, so going into our minions, every minion in this keyword is actually great. Gold, Jerry. It's gold. Yeah, I mean, they're all incorporeal for a start. That's exactly why. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the number one reason why they're great is because they're all incorporeal. But here, here's the reason why the aversion's (laughs) the worst one. Okay, worst as in like the best. And this is why Pandora Two is is a problem because she's probably fear of. Fear of sock puppets there, Pete? I, I, I do. It reminds me of mankind <laughs> just, you know, with Sako just causing nice. terror in the in the WWF. Nice. And, yeah, and it's just, and that's my favorite That's how I'm painting model. that. That's, that's my favorite aversion model, right. too. You should. But yeah. I'm sat here in a William Regal shirt. There you go. <laughs> um, but the thing that makes the aversion the worst and to play against, but obviously the best, is just the... Antipathy, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Antipathy. 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 And it's like, oh, hey, you moved. Make this willpower test or I push you three inches away. That's great. 
Yeah. Oh, it's like it's it's so gross when you have like the uh, which we call the poltergeist nearby. Oh, it's the best. This it's includes best. charges. This includes places. This includes whatever, and yep. it is going to screw up your game. You are going to do this, and Dixon's a gentleman, and he'll remind me. Hey, yep. don't forget about this four-inch aura. Hey, don't forget about this. Yeah and, yeah, yeah, and you have to grit your teeth sometimes and just do it, and then you just fail it, and you're like, well, push me away. I guess my activation's over. F me, well, I guess. Well, what's we, wild about it is it doesn't say during activation. No. That right. was like the, the first thing <clears throat> that leaps out at me is it doesn't, it doesn't say, like, when this model, like, finishes a move during its activation. So if you've used the Kurgan or Misery or... yeah anything to move an enemy model yeah and yeah. i love me some moving an enemy model like <laughs> oh, absolutely freaking then this like, kicks in the thing is that you can you can get so much mileage out of this with pandora 2 because pandora 2 when you do the damage from misery you push a model to, i mean you move a model two mm. inches so before you have to with pandora one specifically you have to choose whether you want to do the damage or not yeah with two, you just do the damage and you get to move something. So what's happened with the aversion is people will come in, they do the thing. Sometimes they forget that they're within six inches of, say, Carver. Mm. And they try to, like, get focus when they activate. So then you trigger Misery from Pandora 2. You get moved, uh, pushed two inches. You're now within four inches of, of the aversion. You fail because of whatever reason. Like, you are down to, like, one or two cards in your hand. You don't want to Exactly, and then all of a sudden it's like, poof, you're completely out of the zone. Well, because keep in mind, <laughs> Willpower 13, most models need an 8 to pass that. Yes. <laughs> That's 100% the reason why, because like, even if they have the card in the hand, do you really want to cheat an 11? Yeah. Like, it's just like, come on. And you on. know, Lord forbid you're playing like Bayou or something with like a Willpower 3 or 4, and it's like, oh, you got to cheat a Severe to pass this thing. Yeah. And so at no point have you mentioned hazardous terrain. Like, you know, we've not talked oh, yeah. about, no. like, the, the mysterious emissary. Not talked about, like, um, pits of lava. Twos. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? So all of these little tiny moves, all of a sudden, yes. it's five damage. Yep, that's yep. that's it's, the it's, big problem. I think that's when, like, when Dixon looks at the board and he sees, like, some hazardous terrain. <laughs> he's like, oh, there's this barbed wire that hands out this injured. Let me just throw you into that and mangle you. Yes, and then you're taking damage from the once per activation, yep. and then you're also injured, and now I'm terrifying 14. Like, it just it stacks so freaking much. I, I love conditions, man. Yeah, versions yeah. are good. It doesn't even... Like, you, they could just have that ability, and it'd be worth bringing them. And but he has then they have three, two more. three other ways of moving models. Yeah. Dude! Like, the like terrorize is yeah, yeah, that's like no, no. Terrorize is the worst one that they have in the card. <laughs> is still, and it's still great. Mm. Like literally, because why is it great? It has on your heels. Why does it have on your heels? <laughs> why? <laughs> I love it so much. And they have scatter, and they have ugh, just so. Dude, I scatter is unresisted. You don't even need to flip. They just go, hey, yeah, surprise, I... and then you're yeah, six inches I... from where you were. <laughs> so I love that he has heave on his melee attack that's bad like bad for your I opponent have, oh wow it's got I five have, ways of moving models yeah yeah no, i didn't even see like, heave. <laughs> so, they're so good dude they Love are amazing they're amazing so when you like the best thing about this model above everything else that we've talked about is that he can be summoned by pandora too so whenever you summon him in the middle of the enemy group remember when i said that i played a game against pete where i was like five inches away from everything in his group 
I summoned one of these models literally in front of his master. And he had to kill it. It was so yeah, dumb. And, and you're just wasting activations. Just wasting, you know, master <laughs> AP to not kill this aversion because it's incorporeal. Yeah. So turn two, he had one model that was outside of six inches of his deployment zone. Every other model was within six inches of his deployment zone. Yeah. Well, he can see that. I think it was like bottom of three. He's like, all right. Screw this game. <laughs> well, there's just here. sometimes you're playing against Pandora and you're just like, I don't feel like playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like playing anymore. I'm taking uh, my ball and I'm going home. So yeah, summoning this model in the middle of the enemy crew can just spell disaster because now they're not really getting anywhere. Mm. Uh, he doesn't really do a lot of damage, but between Antipathy, Heave, and Scatter... I've, I've removed so many models off of points. It's so dumb. Sure. They have to get double walk back into the zone. That's how stupid it is. Yeah, when... Uh, I I say probably Liza's are probably the ones that I see you bring the least sticks. And when do you like bringing yeah. those? Uh, if I'm playing the Mysterious Emissary, I bring one in. They're four points. Uh, sometimes I bring one with a Sorrow so that the, the, she can go ahead, move forward, and then the Sorrow can teleport to her. It's just little things like that. Okay. Yeah, they're four points, incorporeal, and good stats. Uh, normal stats for a model. I would say Sorrows are definitely kind of your minion schemer. They're just really mobile. and they, yeah. That's the model that I think I see you scheme the most with when you play Pandora. Yeah, because yeah, they're five points. They have five health, incorporeal, normal stats, and they can teleport to friendly models. So you put all those things together, and I mean, he's super cheap. Why not, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. They're a decent holder for um, uh, the upgrade that gives Nefarious Pact. No, you don't want to do that. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to give an uh, Ancient Pact to anybody that's not Pandora or Candy or one of your other beaters, like Hinamatsu. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You want to put it on something sturdy that you. Like, Pandora 2 survives to the end of the game almost every game that I play her. Hmm. So you want to go first or get the first uh, to choose the first activation every turn. Is this where we so tell people if they hate black jokers to play Neverborn? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you never want to fail that summon. That's the key. Part Every time it. I get excited about Dixon flipping a black joker when he plays Neverboard, it's always the one that has the stupid upgrade. And he's yeah. just like, oh, I'll just flip a new card. I was like, oh, I got excited. Yeah, I, I got mean, so excited. Famously, I have flipped the Black Joker and the Red Joker twice in the same activation of Hinamatsu. Seems seems I legit. Have, yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, by the way, Rich, I have played Hinamatsu in tournament play multiple times as the leader of a crew. Fair. So Hinamatsu is leader with Ancient Pack. She has three actions and flurry. Puppets mm. are good. Turns <laughs> out. Yep. Yeah, it's really and fun. Bring, bring, Pete, bring back Kalodi. Oh, I loved Kalodi. Like there was a there was a crew I could take to a tournament in a pencil case, um, but yeah, I was gonna say like if you hate black jokers, presumably that's why you're putting hanged and everything at the moment, Pete. Just to, to <laughs> yes, he is. It's so funny. <laughs> you know what's better than ignoring the red joke or the black joker is making making the red, a, joker. Make the red joker. Yeah, <laughs> making both the red joker and the black. Well, joker in that bat same. rep we just we we posted on YouTube. Dixon did flip the red joker against the hanged, and it was yeah. pretty funny. I cried a little inside. That's worth watching. I was like, that Red Joker would be great if it, if it wasn't a against a hanged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, the sorrows are definitely good little schemers for you. I mean, and you can summon these as well. So if you're playing Pandora too, just summon it early, mm-hmm. and then it can go scheme for you the rest of the game. So. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lissa looked better to me in Euripides. Is that about right? Uh no, no, she's <laughs> okay. No, no, she's no, she's equally. Dixon's good. like idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred no, 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 percent. No, 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 no. I, I, I want him. I want him to be aware that this model is actually good. It's just you. You can expect a lot out of a four point model. Yeah. They oh, die. sure. Sure. Eliza hits just all of the things correctly. She. She has the right health, the right abilities to keep herself alive I, long enough. I will yeah. say Dixon has gotten me once or twice with doing Bring It and then yep. making one of my models walk into a hungry landmarker. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that wasn't fun. wasn't fun. It's so good. God, it's when so you good. add the Emissary to Pandora, I just want to punch infants. It's just so frustrating. It is beautiful. It is. <laughs> yeah. Because that's another, by the way, that's another beauty about playing... Uh, Dora is that you can play her with pretty much any of the versatiles and you'll get something out of them. Sorry, all I heard then, like, now what I wanted to see is, like, you playing with, like, Dora the Explorer proxy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I call her. I call her Dora. Yeah, Yeah, that's what James said in the chat. He's like, yeah, there's so much synergy between her and most of the versatiles. Dude, like, it's it's 100%. She... She has synergy with Neverborn in general. Yeah. Like she can make anything in, in Neverborn better. The problem is that everything that she does, you have to basically commit. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, I'm within six inches of everything that you love. If I am dumb, I'm going to lose her. Yeah, so... And that's... Go ahead, Rich. That's something like... And, I, and again, I say this from a position of, of complete ignorance. So I'd, yeah. I'd value your input on this, um, Dixon. Like... Going through and reading all of the abilities in the Woe keyword, um, and let's not be about the bush. There are some absolute horror shows of abilities. Yeah. It, why does it say and? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> like, if you don't do these things, like if you're not crippling your opponent with these abilities, you're dead. Like you yeah. know, there's like there's nothing above a defense five. There's like. Yeah. You know, there's no armor. There's, I mean, there's little cheeky ways of doing damage reduction and stuff like that. So I think it, like, yeah. for people like me that have suffered long and hard at the hands of Pandora over various editions, like, yeah, if, if, if for whatever reason you're not nailing all of these control abilities, you're not putting all of these layers in, yeah. they, there's nothing to save these models. Correct. Now, you, you have to accept that some of them are going to die. I, I said yeah. in the beginning of all this... Pandora's more than likely gonna die turn three. If she doesn't die by turn three, you are crushing your opponent at that point. Mm. Yeah, it's really, really rare that Pandora survives past turn three, but at that point, you have already won the game. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, so looking at other verse dials and, and even out of keyword, Dixon, is there any any other models that you found really sing with either version of Pandora? Uh... I mean, not counting versatiles? Is that what you said? No, I said versatile or out of keyword. Okay, well, versatile, I, I said Hinamatsu. Uh, because of candy, candy can make anybody good, so even Angel Eyes. Literally, I, I don't think I exaggerated when I said every single versatile in the game just gets better under Pandora uh, because of condition manipulation. Yep. Just that. Uh, the best one, the best one, uh, I would have to say... 
is uh, what you call it the the mysterious emissary because of the stagger. I, I know it sounds stupid. More conditions. But you you put stagger plus grasping tentacles, like James said on the chat, and it just just bulldozes any plan that you had on, on those models. Yeah, you, you, I've played into that where literally I'm just stuck fighting in this little phone booth barely outside my deployment zone, and I really yes. can't do anything. I mean, I you remember that one move. Hoffman game we played where I just, I think it was turn three, where I was like, all right, we're done here. Like, I'm sitting here. I'm not yep. doing anything. The mysterious emissary has ruined my day. Yep. We're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've had multiple games where, like, people don't see the mysterious emissary as a threat until it hits them one time. Like, oh, my models are stacked. And you realize Mysterious how Emissary. terrible it is. Yeah, Mr. Emissary is going to hit that model that's now movement three. And now all of these models are, are taking, you know, Hungryland markers. And then Pandora is just smacked up in the middle of it. Be it, you know, Pandora 1 or Pandora 2. If it's the title, you summon one Liza, and all of a sudden they're taking extra damage just by existing. Because the Liza is just, like, looking at them. Yeah. Yeah, stupid. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so, uh, what uh, what strategies and schemes do you think Pandora yeah, is going to be good at in gaining grounds for? When you need to sit in a zone. Or when you need to, like, force somebody to be in a certain zone. Uh, so, like, Cloak and Dagger, I love. Uh, because okay. one, your summons can steal and your yep. summons can just be in the area and now your opponent is like, oh, I can move the thing four inches. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to grab the thing. I'm going to steal from you. <laughs> so, so you're just staying there and be like, hi, <laughs> and just grab things from the enemy and stuff. Yeah, and no, that's I, cool. I, I was going to say, I know Raid the Vaults, she's just standing in areas and she can push you out of areas. So, I mean, that one's... To me, that's probably the most obvious one for Pandora. Um, I don't know. I don't know if ballots. I, I was just saying. I don't. I know that raid the vaults is probably the most obvious one, Dixon, because of all the pushes and stuff that you have. And I was just saying that I don't think ballots and plant explosives are probably. Those are probably the two I think she's weakest at. The the weakest. I think plant explosive is by far the weakest that she has. She's not very good at moving. And doing something productive. Yeah. She is great at, I am in this area. I'm here. And you need to deal with me. So if you can so, force your opponent into that, that's better. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, for me, again, I'll bring up Lucius too, just because that's the master that I've played most with in this, this edition. Like, for yep. me, my game plan is always, I'm going to get to 8 VP. Me like, too. Like, I'm going to get to 8 VP, I'm going to get there as fast as I can, turn 2, I'm scoring 3, you're going to be on the back foot from a scoreboard perspective for the whole game. You say you're like, woe into Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger requires 10 AP to score full points. Um, So is your objective here less, I'm going to get to 8 VP as quickly as possible, it's I'm going to stop my opponent getting beyond 3 or 4. So is like, it's Panther... Put no, that no. better. She's more of a denial piece for you rather than a score. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I'm going to get to 6 VP. <laughs> and you're going to get nothing. And you're nothing. not going to get to... Yeah, you're going to get to 3, maybe 4. <laughs> you get nothing, sir. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's she is a control master. That's well, one of the reasons because why Because you have to think, there's, there's so many times where you'll activate a model. And I've done this a lot of times where I activate a model. It's stunned so it doesn't get triggers. It's mm-hmm. in... 
hungry land and staggered so you can move like an inch and a half because you know it's yep. severe if grasping if grasping tentacles yeah it? yeah that too and <laughs> you're just sitting here like i guess i'm gonna double walk my master and charge yep. <laughs> it, it has like, yeah it has happened where like my opponent can see it when their master can only move one inch yeah because at that point it's like what are you gonna do like literally you're stuck here like if you made the mistake of bunching up and like half your crews in this terrible situation you just lose the game on the spot because you're you got punished for being in a bad position yeah i mean that again which in a normal game might have been an okay position (laughs) (laughs) so and we started this entire conversation where she's solidly mid-tier and there's a very good reason for that good players will just try to, like, get her dead before turn three. So I actually, Mm. I'll play against Pandora differently because I I have tried my hardest to try and interact with her effectively. I've tried to be like, okay, let me see if I can manage Pandora this way. And the best way I find to play against Pandora is to displace her key models, kill key models like the Poltergeist, Mm-hmm. And then just avoid the crap out of her. So, like, if I can force it where I'm not fighting where she wants to be and I can go somewhere else and disrupt other pieces, like, I think my my shining moment on the hill was taking Candy with Bonasuva and just chucking her 10 inches up the board and just being like, away, you foul little child foul demon. demon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the second, uh, the, I think the most impressive game that we've had was you played Tall 2, and I killed everything in your crew except for Tall and your two cannons. And yeah. the, the last two rounds, Rich, this man just focused just on scoring the, the last two VPs that he could get because I was capped at like five. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I had focused so much on killing that I was actively locked at five. And there, there is such a thing when you play against Pandora as just throwing sacrificial lambs to her, right? Just saying like, I'm going to throw. And in that, in that situation, it was before toll got nerfed. So I was just like, Hey, Pandora, just deal with the wall, deal with Watson, deal with toll. And then I'm going to score with my points on other places on the board. And that worked pretty well. I think I won by a point maybe. Yep. Yeah, you did. That was literally those. Those are the two games that I remember with Pandora, where like I won the attrition, but you know I lost the game. Okay, so like of the like the thirteen available schemes, yeah. I'm not going to ask you to go through each and every single one of them. No, no, but right. are there yeah. like are there any that when they pop up, might as well just be blank spaces, and you're just like that. I'm not even going to consider that. Like, yeah, is the, it like the outflanks, the power rituals, power ritual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Power Ritual. Uh, Outflank, uh, I haven't tried it in this edition, uh, but historically, it's been a terrible scheme for her. So, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 But I haven't tried it in this edition because it's now easier. You don't need two schemes and two models on, on opposite corners. I mean, on opposite sides of the center line. You just need one scheme and two models. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a lot easier. Maybe that extra action, you know, will let me get there. That's so cool. do you, do you yeah. think the do you think the reason why and this can be to both of you too is the reason why people hate Pandora just because maybe they have these angry memories of just you know being almost like a newer <laughs> player or just not being as familiar with her and just hating her or do you think people just hate her even if they know what she does because I I know what she does and I still hate her 
Pete, uh, to 100%, the, the things that we've been talking about for an hour and a half. Yeah. There is no tricks about why people hate her, dude. You just... If you can... He- when you hear this podcast, you're going to notice your voice just going into this... Like panic induced. That's the reason why I just like let you cook. Like whenever you're talking, I was like, yeah, yeah, just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I know, I know, Pete, you're a, a magic player, or as or at least have yeah. you know, flipped some cardboard at some point, Dixon. I don't know if you've ever played magic, but absolutely, um, yeah. excellent. There we go. Um, there is a I I play commander. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. I dabbled very briefly in magic content creation you go and have a look at the curious homunculus <laughs> are you gonna say on, on youtube uh i'm not gonna say Nekasar, no no my my, <laughs> my the deck i was most famous for was fibblethip uh, oh yeah um and that is a combo blue deck that i win by milling my opponents out of all their decks but the the point i'm <laughs> ram, rambling towards is people hate playing against mono blue in all oh, yeah. forms of magic because they have a perceived notion in their head that they're not going to be able to do the thing that they want to do. Like, And it's the same in most gaming. Like, My crew, my deck, whatever it is, is going to, has a cool thing that it can do. And if I can do my cool thing, then win, lose, or draw, um, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. Like, I lost that game... But I've got a cool story about this. But I got this to activation. do it. I got to do the. Thing. I got to do my thing. I got to do my thing. I built a. Th- I I've built this Rube Goldbergian device, and I'm going to make it work. And Pandora says you can't do your thing. <laughs> um, so even yeah, if you like, that's perfect. Like, yeah, Pandora is kind of like like somebody has uh, two chalice of the voids, one on two, and the other one on one. Dixon, were, were you basically you tell me that you got that analogy? Oh yeah, I think anybody that plays like Commander and stuff does. But are, were you a mono blue player, Dixon? No. <laughs> yes. That's yeah, yeah. was a lie. I, I mean, I was an Esper and a Grixis player. Dude, I, for I played a lot of modern. I played pure Rakdos. That's what I love. Oh, yeah, that's so on brand. That's oh, yeah. so on brand. Like, yeah, I play Grixis. Grixis has some Rakdos, you know. <laughs> there you go. Plug, <laughs> plug in the old Curious Moculus uh, channel there. Yeah. That, I mean, that was the channel I started, and then I COVID. Think you did happened, that during COVID, like, didn't you? No, like, I was just before COVID, um, and then, like, COVID happened, and, like, live games of Magic just yeah. stopped. Yeah. But if you've never used it, there is a, a phenomenal uh, website called Spell Table. Oh, yeah. um, which yeah, you, you put a webcam directly above your table and then it, it has AI in it to recognize what cards you're playing it's phenomenal yeah it's pretty cool oh really, dude that's yeah. awesome I no, I yeah, played before it's... when it was just like you could see your hand yeah before you, it was just stuff. your cards yeah. yeah no but the guys during COVID just did just the lord's hand. work yeah yes. yeah and there's right. like uh, card recognition software and stuff but anyway I love magic but I we've gotten <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure it's like 135. Uh, is there any other questions about? Um, like so, in a, in, a, in a in a comparable way, if there are any schemes that when they popped up might as well just be blank spaces. What schemes ah. pop up, and they're like this one. I'm doing this one every single time. It's in the pool. Me, Pete has said that I have hate in my heart, but like, I every single time I see take prisoner in your face and. <sighs> I know this is gonna sound stupid, but let them bleed. 
No, I think I think let them bleed's fair for Pandora because she can control that a little better. Yeah, yeah, everybody's gonna take some damage. That's literally the reason why I love it. But you know, in normal crews, you have to try to pinpoint and be like, "I'm gonna bring this model down, this one." But in Pandora, it's like, "Oh, everybody's just dying. It's cool." Everybody's slowly burning away. Yeah. So yeah, I think people like like Keris, like Brewmaster, like they've all got they've all got like real game into let them bleed. Normally, that's a scheme that I stay the hell away from. But okay, I'm I mean, looking forward to actually funny. trying it. You said two ga- two masters that Pandora loves to play against. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys deal with conditions. Yay! Cool. Yeah. Let me you end t- your twenty poison condition you got there. <laughs> you have tokens. I love tokens. <laughs> uh, so funny. Yeah, and so I I think another one is uh, deathbeds. I mean, I think you just bring the emissary and just hungry land deathbed kill somebody. Uh, well, the big no. thing, like, deathbeds for me is always, like, deathbeds and raid the vaults go together so well because I can just nominate a strategy marker. Like, yes. I know like I know where you're going to yeah. be because that's where you score points. So, like, I love uh, that. The hard part is dropping a scheme marker. That's the issue. There's mm. no inherent dropping a scheme marker. I mean, you have Dorian Crow for Don't Mind Me, so you can kind of get in there and place it. But you yeah, don't have that like austere and twig. I'm gonna yeet a scheme marker eight, eight yeah. inches at you, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing quite like austere and twig. She can't have everything, gentlemen. Okay, listen. She has to be bad at something. <laughs> I mean, this is the main. Re- okay, so honestly, he, this is number one. The the reason why Lucius two is so good in this in this GG. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he just drops. Hey, start start of the turn. I'm gonna poop out a marker. What is it? Eight inches away or something? Ten inches away? Inches. Oh, 12 even twelve, inches. even more so. Yeah, yeah. And it, that, and it gives suits. Yes, that that's the key part. Because the thing is that lawyers have drop uh, drop it in their freaking obey. So not mm. only do you obey, lawyers are lame. Exactly. So Pandora doesn't really like death bets because of that. Because like you have to drop a scheme marker to then kill a model. So you're telegraphing that across like two or three activations sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. Well then, I'd like to say this has been enjoyable, but I'm just, <laughs> you know, the doctor told me my blood pressure was getting a little high, and you know, I think you got we too much why. salt in your diet. Yeah, no. too much salt content. I'm so sorry. You're not sorry. He, I am. I am because like I was like I want I want to do this because I people have been asking me to do it for a while, and it wasn't until Beard like said it's like oh well we both have platforms so i figure we can do this and we got yeah so i just started hitting up dixon in his dms and i was like tell me tell yeah. me all your stuff and <laughs> he was like just more, come tell me more yeah he yeah. was like just just come on the episode we'll yeah, do an episode I, I, I privately i talk to people all the time but i figure it's like well he has a good setup in his house we have a setup in our houses let's just talk about it in the podcast once and for all yeah i think um pandora is one of those crews that you can definitely get some mileage out of and if if you're especially if you kind of figure out pandora you can really surprise some people that you know it's it's just like the one ring you know people forget what should not have been forgotten and you know when somebody drops pandora on you randomly and you haven't played her in forever you better buckle up because it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride buckle up buckaroo it's gonna be Uh, funny because like now i'm gonna see harley play pandora and i'll be like yeah, I miss her too. <laughs> that's the only that's the only thing I like about you playing Pandora Dixon is I'm like prepped for it where it's just like, okay, here's Pandora, here's what I need to do. It's still going to be a sucky game, but here we go. 
Uh, Beard, I do want to give you a minute here to plug anything that you got going on as far as just uh, YouTube or anything else. Well, I got I got two big things going on. First of all, uh, I have the summer foe down happening on February the fourth at Lost Dice in Adelaide. I've got people flying in from interstate as we try and reinvigorate the tournament scene in South Australia. Nice. Uh, very much looking for that. Tickets are twenty dollars. Uh, sorry, that's dollary doos, not dollar doodle dandies. Um, <laughs> please come along. You know, we've got a whole bunch of prize support coming across from Weird, which is lovely as we try and get um, the tournament scene up and running, both after COVID and in South Australia. Second of all, yes, I do run uh, Friday Night Flip Flop Info in which I get up at 5am on a Saturday morning and play people from all around the world on Vassal. I uh, get incredibly salty and sweary and shout at my friends. <laughs> it's funny because i got this reputation as being like this podcaster that's like, you know, lighthearted and always enjoys the game. And then people play me and they're like, wow, you're miserable. Um, <laughs> so... I'm, so I mean- we can make an episode where I play you with Pandora, and it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> have a pandy off. Um, well, so yeah, that that I do every week. And then what I try and do is take at least one of those games each month, although I've not been able to do it a lot. Edit out all of the the faffery and like just have like a solid twenty minute um, vassal game. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm up to. Yeah, and I know you were asking me like why I ditched the uh, sand deep, and I was just like. It's mm. mainly it's mainly for Rezzer content, so we can kind of get some of that going. He's like, "Oh, I yep. can respect that," and that's that. it. <laughs> yeah, like you and me swap faction pretty much as as much as we change our socks, um, yep. and yeah. we have the excuse of being content creators. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it feeds into the drug. I tell you, it's. Uh, I mean, I solely do it on Basel, so it's super easy for me. But Pete has been buying these models, so it's yeah. like holy oh. crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I actually think I have probably about 70% of the Reser faction now. I was just like... In the arms <laughs> of... <laughs> yeah, that's what my wallet's uh, do you, doing. Do you, do you want my Malifaux rage quit story very quickly? Sure, love it. Cause, cause I know you love a rage quit. So at the end of M2E, because I played an awful lot of M2E, um, I used to do a Malifaux podcast called High Fidelity, in which we'd have four people come on and argue over what was the best model in certain point restrictions. And the only rule was that you weren't allowed to agree with your opponents, even if you did agree with your opponents. They're still out there on Apple Podcasts, if you want to have a listen. I'm tempted to maybe do it again at some point, just as a (laughs) one-off. But I had the entire range. I like The the only model I didn't have painted was Fuhatsu. I had every single model painted and... For whatever reason, I can't even remember, I massively rage quit Malifaux and sold everything. (gasps) Sold everything. Uh, I think it was the app. It was the old app where they were like, this app is going to be £10 and it was going to be future-proofed and we're going to update it forever. And then they went, "Mm, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) We're going (laughs) to... Wow. I know we we said we were going to do that, but we're we're not going to. Um, And I rage quit and I sold everything and here I am like an idiot. Getting the crap again. Buying it all back again. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad they came back, though. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, so am I. So am I. So am I. Because I've been listening to Rage Quit since episode one. When it was back when it was a, a Gilbert. I loved it. I was saying this to Pete the other week. Um, like I loved it. You were like, hey, we're Rage Quit Wire. Here's our patron. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's that's bold. Like not, even episode, <laughs> like, like, not even episode one, but like sentence one. I'm going to start shilling my Patreon. Uh, that said, <laughs> you should you should sign up to, to Pete's it, Patreon. It was like. so great because it was the Union and Chains event. 
is when we started yeah. this. And that was such a great time for Guild Ball. It was mm. like Chris and I were going to a Guild Ball tournament. We we're like, dude, why don't we just talk about this stuff? Like we, we yeah. thought a lot of the other podcasts, you know, sucked at the time because they were either so technical hey. and boring. <laughs> Did you have a podcast? I don't think you had a podcast yeah. then. Beard, beard pot. Yeah, yeah. I thought you. Oh, yeah. Huh. I, well, yeah, I guess I wasn't. Pot. To be fair, I don't think I was aware of the international that's podcast okay. at that time. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Covering my tracks. Not aware, you were not aware of any other podcast. You barely oh, no. knew the game. Oh, no, I was. I, I didn't like the <laughs> Chicago podcast because I right. thought that they just had some opinions that I just didn't agree with. Um, <laughs> Bill's podcast was pretty decent, but. Yeah. Um, they were a little more on the fluffier side a lot of times, so I was kind of like, okay. Sure. Um, it was it was really interesting when I got back into Malifaux because I was like, right, where's Arcane Reservoir? Where's Schemes and Stones? And where's, they were all yeah, gone. Yeah. Where's Before We Begin? Before We Begin is to me still like uh, the 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 top mark of how a hobby podcast should be done. But nice. to be fair, like you know, you guys have done a fantastic job. I think from on behalf of the entire community, the GG three. Uh, faction spotlight episodes are some of the best hobby podcasting I've ever heard. Nice Appreciate one, Dixon, that. for coming up with that concept. We, I really look forward to, to the again. yeah. I really look forward to the GG4 version. I appreciate you kind of got to let it simmer, yep. let those yep. like those opinions form and that. But those are episodes I've gone back to time and time and time again. Um, just to when I change faction, which of course is every two weeks. Yep. Every um, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, thank you for that, gentlemen. Yep. They were fantastic. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that for this gaining grounds. But I think, and Dixon, you probably agree with me. I think letting it probably, you know, marinate a little bit, probably till the Mm. summer, we might start. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly because like we just started. uh, Pete is doing an event for uh, his local meta, and uh, I made the 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 rounds for it. And I told Pete, it's like I'm going to use this as a kind of like a lab, kind of like a like a testing site because I want to make sure that the things that I'm going to pick are what I assume in my head is based on what I'm experiencing, right? So after this tournament, I'm going to start making, you know, again, more assumptions and stuff. Yeah, and also just uh, for anybody interested in the States, um, we are throwing that event here in Wichita, Kansas uh, at Headshots Gamer Bar. It's a pretty sweet little place. Uh, It's January 20th, so if you want to play a three-round Malifaux event, uh, nice. Just check out the Discord, hit me up. I can give you the info for it. But it's it's going to be fun. We should have at least, I'm hoping, 12 players because I think I got some people from Oklahoma, hopefully some from Missouri coming out. And uh, that would be good. And then, of course, if you want to do a bigger one, you can go to Captain Con in Rhode Island, and that's yep. going to be super fun. So I'm excited I'm, to play that one. I'm so like going to watch that so closely, Captain Con, because mm. first Jesse is going to be running the event, and I want to like I I wish I could support him directly, uh, and I'm going to be paying attention to who wins, because like Rich, something that I want to point out, uh, Andre on the first tournament that I saw on on Longshanks played nothing but Nakima one, and he I think he maxed out every. Yeah, every round he just like ate yeah, those windmill people. slam, bam. Like, <laughs> yeah, something silly like that, if I remember. It, it, he won, definitely won, but I, I remember it was something like he high scored every rain. It's stupid. Wow. Yeah, yep. yeah. So beater schemers, man. I'm telling you, beater schemers for this edition seems to be the key. Hundred percent. Yeah, we're gonna do a top ten episode of beater schemers. I think here soon. Rest in <laughs> peace, Desper Larue. <laughs> Old yeah. Desper. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, just want to thank for you coming on again, Rich. Hopefully everybody got some uh, good Pandora I hate you tech. 
Uh, I do also want to uh, thank Harley Quinn and uh, James for popping on the chat. It's been nice having 100%. them and uh, appreciate them being patrons and, and taking advantage of that benefit. We always love it when the patrons come in and drop questions or just chat and listen to us, uh, you know, BS before and after the uh, record button gets hit. So, um, yeah. But I think until next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards and flipping tables, and we will see you all later.